you talk Asia, you talk Gordon Chang. You should follow Gordon on Twitter. He's a brilliant guy, at Gordon G. Chang. And anytime there was a, I don't know, a big deal coming out of North Korea, certainly in the good old days of Rocket Man, Bernie was always like, we got to get Gordon Chang on. And, and I love Gordon. And we always did. Uh, Bernie really loved Gordon Chang. And I know Gordon probably loved Bernie, too. We'll find out for sure right now. Here he is making his return to the Bernie and Sid show, Gordon Chang. Gordon, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. And, and Sid, you know, I saw your tribute to Bernie on Twitter. It, it just brought tears to my eyes. I mean, it was just so moving. And thank you so much for putting that out. Oh, thank you. Now, he really did uh, enjoy your work. He did. And, uh, well, who doesn't, of course, when it comes to these uh, world events and these other countries there's nobody more learned than you. I'll tell you a funny story, Gordon. My wife is an avid runner. She's run 36 marathons. And, uh, in fact, I just ran Chicago last weekend. New York is coming up in November. But there's a very small percentage, Gordon, a minute percentage of runners who run marathons who gets what they get what's called the Abbott Award. And there's the Big Six, which includes New York, Boston, London, I guess, all these uh, big marathons. She's one shy of getting the Abbott Award, and that's the Tokyo Marathon, which they've canceled the last two years because of COVID. But we're supposed to go in March to a Tokyo. But just last week, North Korea, Kim Jong, was firing missiles towards Japan, and Danielle was scared to death. There's not going to be a marathon. I said, Danielle, I don't think it's that serious. You tell me. Well, you know, the North Koreans like to really irritate the Japanese. And so they fire missiles over Japan every once in a while. And the last time they did it was 2017. But really, this is part of this long Japan-Korea history. And the Koreans see the Japanese as an enemy, still do today. Uh, even in South Korea, which is it's, Japan is a U.S. ally. Japan is a U.S. ally. But South Korea and Japan are not allies between themselves because of that long history between the two countries. Wow. I would have thought for sure, yes, South Korea and Japan, both United States allies, would be okay. Um, What is it? What was the – because, again, I'm not uh, huge on the history of uh, Japan or South Korea. What happened uh, way back when that caused this? And there's no way to fix it? Um, Well, the way to fix it, I guess, is for both uh, uh, to be democracies, and eventually they'll get over it. But the reason is that Japan conquered the entire Korean peninsula. This is at the turn of the 20th century. And basically, um, it not only um, conquered the peninsula, it extinguished the Korean nation, did everything possible to erase Korean identity. And that has um, been indelible in the minds of Koreans, both North and South. But the North Korean regime, which is weak, definitely needs an enemy. And so they go after the Japanese, um, whatever the Japanese do. Well, I would imagine, though, that the Japanese really got pissed off, Gordon. They could annihilate North Korea. I know that when, when Trump took over, for example, Americans were really nervous about Kim Jong and all those Rocket Man speeches and them getting together. But at this point, does North Korea really pose a threat to any major country? Well, it has nuclear weapons. It has long-range ballistic missiles. Matter of fact, one of their missiles, the Wasong-15, can actually reach any part of the continental United States. The only thing we don't know, Sid, is whether they've been able to miniaturize their warheads and to develop the heat shielding. Heat shielding is really important, of course, because you've got to get back into the atmosphere to detonate a nuke. Um, but uh, they'll be able to do that soon. 
But the reason why we're really concerned about North Korea is because China uses North Korea. So we shouldn't think North Korea alone. It's North Korea doing China's bidding. Ah, that's scary. Uh, Gordon Chang is the author of Nuclear Showdown. North Korea, ironically, takes on the world and the coming collapse of China. Well, that's an old book, obviously, <laughs> because they ain't collapsing anytime soon. I know they are protesting in the streets of Beijing today, Gordon, and in all likelihood, uh, Jing will be put back in office for the third consecutive term on this Communist Congress Day. What does that mean for us here in the United States? Well, Xi Jinping um, actually believes that China should rule the entire planet plus the near parts of the solar system. So obviously his ambitions conflict with ours, which is to have a peaceful, stable world of sovereign nations. So Xi Jinping is challenging what's called the Westphalian international system of competing sovereign states. That's been in place, Sid, since 1648. Wow. Xi Jinping wants to take it down. And, you know, it's not like it's just this sort of airy um, grand ambition. He really intends to accomplish it. So this is really going to be a challenging time because Xi Jinping is taking China where a lot of Chinese don't want to go, but he's got the power to do it. And certainly we are going to have challenges, not just at Taiwan, but India, Japan, the Philippines, in the global commons because they're dangerous intercepts of planes and vessels. China is going to become extraordinarily dangerous in the next three or four years. You've said on this show before, without any hesitation, you can count on it, whether it's cyber attacks or maybe military, there will be a war between the United States and China sometime over the next five years. Every time you come on, I bring that up because I want to hear you say, well, maybe not. How do you feel about that today? Well, the, the one thing that I've said is that the Chinese are preparing for war, and it's not just they're building up their military, Sid, which is the fastest buildup since the Second World War. What's really ominous is that they're preparing civilians for war. So uh, obviously Xi Jinping has this in mind. You know, I can't say um, that they're 100 percent will be a war because nothing's inevitable. But the point is, this really looks like it is going to happen. So we need to prepare ourselves. We've got a Pentagon, a three and four stars. We've got a defense secretary and we've got a president who do ha- have no sense of urgency of what's going on. This really is dangerous because we're not defending ourselves to the extent we should be. And it seemed to me like Donald Trump, who's going through all this nonsense with this subpoena now about January 6th, which is a joke, and the Mar-a-Lago stuff. I mean, they are doing everything they can, Gordon, as you know, the Democrats, to keep him from running because there's a good chance he's going to win. But I did get the sense when he was in power that he took this China stuff very, very seriously. He did. I mean, what Trump did um, was he broke a five-decade consensus that it was in the interest of the United States to support China's Communist Party. Trump didn't do everything that I thought he should do, but we've got to remember. Well, that stop right there. Stop right there. What did he not do that you would have liked to have seen? Well, uh, for instance, what Biden did on Friday, which was stop chips and chip making equipment going to China. But the point is, Trump was a president of a democratic country. He couldn't do what he wanted to do. He's not emperor. He wasn't emperor after all. But he did move um, the U.S. away from this paradigm of engagement. So that was a really good thing. And, you know, to a certain extent, Biden has continued Trump's China policies. Again, not doing everything he should do, not doing it as fast as he should do it. But uh, the United States has changed. And, you know, part of it, you know, Sid, is because 
look, the Chinese are pushing the United States. We don't have a choice. So this is Xi Jinping driving this hostility. Um, and it's not just with us. It's with India. I mentioned Japan, the Philippines, Taiwan, you name it. Um, the Chinese are really causing trouble around the world. Oh, and by the way, I almost forgot the Chinese are supporting the Russian war effort right. all in yeah. to the hill. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, give me the latest. And again, this is uh, the brilliant Gordon Chang. Give me the latest with uh, China and Taiwan. Where are we there? Um, it's been quiet for the last week or two, but um, China's you know had these uh, drone incursions into Taiwan airspace. Um, finally, Taiwan shot down one of the drones, which was good, and then the Chinese stopped those provocations, which showed you can stop the Chinese, but you got to be strong. And Biden, unfortunately, hasn't been as strong as necessary. The one thing that is fascinating about the White House right now is that Biden will tell reporters he will defend Taiwan, and then his subordinates say, no, 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 uh, Biden didn't mean that. Right. Well, the problem here is that uh, the president makes um, foreign policy. He's the commander in chief. We got a constitutional coup in this country. You know, Biden support subordinates won't invoke the 25th Amendment, but they won't <laughs> they won't do what he says he wants them to do. So mm. this is really dangerous because the Chinese and the Russians see this. Of course they do, and they laugh all day long. So last thing on China, Ping is going to win today, about to serve his third consecutive term. I know you talked about a lot of the people in China not necessarily happy with that. Are these things basically rigged? Is there, is there, is there no way Ping can lose, in all honesty, today? Yeah, you know, I, I think Xi Jinping um, is, you know, we don't know because the Chinese political system has become less transparent, especially over the last couple of years. But everybody says, and I think it's right, that Xi Jinping will get that third term. It's unprecedented. This means a deinstitutionalization of the Communist Party. The Communist Party had developed rules, succession, guidelines, norms uh, on, on succession, and, and now Xi Jinping is um, – breaking all of them, which means that we're now China is like a one man state. And, you know, people in China, they say their country is becoming North Korea. Matter of fact, they call China, Chinese call China West Korea. That shows you how bad things are in wow. the Chinese political system right now. Well, 60 seconds to go. AOC yesterday here in New York and Queens was heckled by two people. They claim that because she's supporting Ukraine, which I also think is ridiculous, by the way, that she is enhancing the odds of a nuclear war. Russia, China, all these countries. I think that's a bit of a stretch. But who knows? Putin's threatened it before. What do you think about the uh, the latest with AOC? Is she really enhancing the chances of a nuclear war with Russia and China? No, she's not. I mean, she's voting for defense appropriations. I mean, yes, Putin might use his nukes. Uh, deterrence has broken down. You know, when Biden failed in Afghanistan, Putin thought he could do what he wants. He's now using nuke threats. Biden seems intimidated. This is really dangerous. We need to stand up to um, the Russians like the Taiwanese stood up to China. You know, I'm not saying that this is going to work, but I'm saying that the path we're on is really, 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 really dangerous. Boy. Hey, listen, Gordon, you're always terrific. You really are. There's nobody better. I mean that. Bernie loved you. I love you, too. Thank you so much for hopping on today. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Sid. You're the man. There he is, folks. Gordon Chang. Follow Gordon today at Gordon G. Chang. Usually as for uh, David Bowie, China girl, but I like the Asia. Deal there, Tay Lewis. That was very, very good.